Welcome to the Power Women in Insurance Show with your host, Teresa Kitchens. Join us as we laugh, talk about hard issues, support each other, and make our industry and our world a better place. Let's go. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Power Women in Insurance podcast. And today we have a special guest with us who's a little bit different than we normally talk to. And I'm super excited because she has such a great personality. And we did a little uh, pre, uh, pre-screening, pre not really screening, but just get to know you kind of thing. And we talked the whole hour and it was just so much fun. And I really wish I would have recorded that. But today, I am bringing her back to be able to talk to us today. And today, I have Kyle Patel, and she is with Marsh. And you know what? But she is an expert in all things cyber insurance. So I am super excited to bring her because she has a little bit of a different path to come along in the idea of being in the insurance space. And um, and she also brings so much new information, new energy into an area that I think is still such a new industry and a new area of insurance that we're super excited to be able to talk to today. Hi, Pyle. How are you? Hi. Good. Thank you for that introduction. That was so colorful. I'm super excited to be here. (laughs) Well, good. Good. No, I was so excited when I got off the phone. I I, I even told you last time, I was like, man, I wish I would have recorded that because that was like fire. That was awesome. (laughs) We can recreate it here. (laughs) We will. We will because we're just awesome like that. So we, we both have our, uh, it is four o'clock on a Thursday afternoon. So uh, we both agreed that we have our little libation going on already. And yes. we have already like to cheat. We already, you know, said hello. And we've done our toast to start off our, uh, our podcast fun. So Kyle, mm-hmm. tell me a little bit about you, maybe how you kind of got into insurance. Cause you're a little bit different. A lot of us in the insurance space says nobody really grew up saying, Hey, I want to be an insurance agent, right? Or I want to be in the insurance industry. You know, you don't have Barbies that are like insurance Barbie, right? <laughs> I mean, you don't have any of those. So tell me how you decided to build a career in the insurance space. Wow. So I also didn't grow up thinking that I was going to be in insurance, if that makes anyone feel any better. But um, through my time at Temple University, I kind of was just feeling my way around trying to figure out what I wanted to be. And honestly, if there's any other Indian woman listening to this, you know the pressures of being in an Indian family and either trying to be a doctor or an engineer or a lawyer or something that makes your family proud. So insurance was certainly not one of those things. Um, and if I had it my way, I would just be a professional princess, but that is not a job you get paid for. So that is so important. I mean, if you watch frozen, I mean, you know, <laughs> that is a needed place, especially in today's day and age in our society, right. everybody needs a great princess, right? <laughs> but, um, back to reality. So I went to temple and I tried to figure out, you know, what my passions were. And I started with marketing because I look at myself and I'm like, well, you're a creative person. And knowing everything that I wanted to, everything that I was interested in was more artsy and creative. So I thought I could be this like great ad person. I've watched Mad Men. It doesn't look so hard. I don't drink as much as they do. I'd be very successful at it, but it was much more intense than I thought it was going to be. And it just didn't really jive with my skill set. And so I thought the marketing major for what it's worth at Temple was overcrowded with a lot of students that Mm. kind of were in business, but didn't know what they wanted to do. Because I think the perception of marketing is that it's actually easier, but it's, it's not. And so 
I learned that the hard way. I did an internship actually when I studied abroad in Italy through my time at Temple, which was, I love that experience, but decided after working in marketing, you know what? I don't know if it's the culture. I don't know if it's being abroad or the subject matter, but either way, the core of what is needed to be successful in this industry, I don't think that I have mm. it. And so right. as be, being a business major at Temple, they do require you to take a 101 course for every possible major that's out there in business. And so here I was in my risk management 101 course. And if you get a B plus or higher in your intro course at Temple, they recruit you into the major. Or you're so, stuck. They're gonna they're gonna hound you, man. They're gonna do your sales job you on in. you. Yes, they're gonna swoop you in. And so I did the math and I figured, you know, I need extra credits anyways to graduate. My plan was to graduate in three and a half years. I could fit this major in a dual major in marketing and still graduate in three and a half years. So what's the harm? So I just did it. And in my first year, and even before I joined the risk management major, I learned that the job placement ratio for someone that was in risk management was above 90%. Wow. For me, that was so important because yeah. anyone that goes to college wants a job, right? You need, you need to be able to support yourself after you graduate. And Ideally. Those right. of us parents out there with children with college degrees, we, we wonder when that'll happen. But no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, but I mean, you're right. Nobody wants to, you know, be on their parents' couch, you know, for the next no. 20 years. You know, I mean, you, you want to go on out and you want your freedom. You want to be able to have your own place. You want to be able to have a career. That's exactly right. But you're in, you we're also factoring in, I graduated in December of 2010, right? We're talking about the 2009 financial crisis that yeah. was right in the midst of me going to college. And you're just seeing these college graduates for the first time in a very long time, not being able to graduate and easily get a job. Mm -hmm. Plus, I went to Temple. I look around me. I'm like, wow, in Philadelphia, as much as I love Temple and I appreciate the education, the perception of Temple is that it's very equivalent to a state school when you compare it to Villanova and Penn State and, okay. and Penn, right around the corner. And so the competition is very high. And so I thought I would secure myself a future. If I paired myself up with a major that had a higher job placement ratio and, and in getting paired in that major, we were required to attend these Wednesday trainings where we would have brokers and underwriters and actuarial scientists and all of this stuff come in and, and talk about what they were doing and if it appealed to you. And so I particularly like the brokerage business. I went to the career fair. I messed up all my thank you letters. Then I applied <laughs> for every job I could find online. And thankfully, Anne called me back. And that was my start in the insurance industry. I relocated to DC in 2011. I spent a year and a half in DC. I migrated to New York. And I've been in New York ever since. And I just literally 30 days ago moved myself to Philadelphia. Wow. And I've been in insurance. I started at Aon. I did a year and a half in the client executive role, which is kind okay. of like a jack of all trades, but master of none. You have a relationship with the client. You bring them to the appropriate resources. And when I first started there, I 
didn't think that that was what I actually signed up for, quite honestly, because okay. I didn't feel like I was a knowledge expert or could bring something to the client that was, you know, the, the quotes from the different markets and be able to be their advocate mm-hmm. in the market. So I actually went to my managing director of the office within my first year of working at Aon and just said, look, like, because I came from Temple and because I know what insurance is, I don't know that the position that you filled me for is what I was looking for. I think you and I talked about this. My offer letter said I was going to be a healthcare broker. And then I came in right. and I was like, why am I not a healthcare broker? I know what a broker well, is. I, know I think you said they didn't even have a healthcare department. They did not have a healthcare department in the DC office. I mean, no. I know you had mentioned you kind of like messed up your your initial like <laughs> thank you notes and all this other stuff. But if you hire somebody for a department that doesn't even exist, to me, that's way more egregious. <laughs> yes. So I was just like, what is this? Why? What? what I'm not broking healthcare. I'm not learning anything about broking. I know what broking is. Um, but I think partnering yourself, like this just is like a little life lesson for me surrounding yourself with good people will always make you a better person and like right. put you in the right direction and in your leadership years, make you a better leader. And so it, th- at that time, I was very blessed to have a direct manager and a managing director of that office that didn't care so much more about their bottom line than me. And so even though they knew I was doing a good job, they really listened to what I wanted in terms of a career. And then they helped me get to the right place. And so when experts would come to our office to talk to other clients, they would tell me when to network with them. And I ended up networking with, at that time, the head of the Northeast cyber practice while he was in DC talking to a defense contractor. And yeah. And in the end of my, you know, I was in this program called the early career development program. So any graduating senior from college that's going right into the work world at an Aon or Marsh typically gets into a development program. So that was my version of the development program. It wasn't rotational. You kind of were just in your position. So every networking opportunity provided to me was actually had to be backed by my boss. So it's kind of like, I'm asking my boss if I could stop doing my job so that I could do a job for someone else to see if I could get hired by someone else. So it's a really awkward conversation. Yeah. I ended up working out. Um, I ended up going to New York for a few days and doing a few projects for them. And I've been on the cyber team ever since. And so I spent four and a half years total at Aon, a year and a half in DC, three years in the, you know, in cyber practice in New York. And now I've been at Marsh for five years in the, you know, in cyber practice. And I co-lead the Northeast team with my counterpart, Marty Light, um, in New York. That is so cool. So Tell me how you got into cyber insurance because cyber is, it's, it's almost like this, this weird, really cool hip, but just very out there, um, uh, part of insurance. Like, you know, and, and we all know that as, as insurance agents, I'm an agency owner, so I'm a little bit on the different end of things, but I know as an insurance agency owner that I should have it. I know that my business clients should have it and I know all this other stuff, but there's so much, out there and there's so much knowledge and information that I don't think is really publicized enough, or at least I just have, I, me and my ADD, I just haven't sat down and actually attended to it. I don't really know. 
maybe it's just because, you know, I don't know. I don't really know. But tell me a little bit about how you got involved in the cyber insurance and where that is right now, because we are in, I mean, what a time to be in cyber insurance. We're in the middle of this COVID thing and, and there are lots of areas that are actually starting to open up today for, for all the listeners. Today is, um, we're going to make sure I get this correct, June 18th on Thursday afternoon at four o'clock, uh, 2020. And we are coming out of, I hope, maybe some of this COVID stuff, uh, COVID-19, which we hope maybe there's, we hope there's not another resurgence of it. We hope we're doing okay. We, we do see that there are increases of COVID across the country in lots of areas. So we don't know what that's going to look like in the long run, but we just know that our economy can't be that locked down for that long. So we're trying to kind of figure out where we are. But there's tons of companies that have moved home. There's tons of companies that have let their their client their their personnel move home with their businesses, and yeah. that changes everything when it comes down to especially a security conversation. Tell me a little bit about your passion in that direction, which you have been about in the craziness that you're seeing right now because that's just crazy. It is so. When I started in the cyber insurance market, it was in its infancy and it's still a very immature product compared to any other insurance product that you're going to be able to sell to a customer, right? It's still very misunderstood. But um, when I started in cyber, it was all about data. It still is about data, but it was all about data confidentiality, right? So when you think about like data, it either could be breached, which causes a confidentiality issue. It could be manipulated, which causes an integrity issue, or it could be stolen, which causes an availability issue. And so when I first started, it was all about confidentiality. What are the regulatory implications if the information is breached? What do, what do I have to do to victims of the breach? Do I have to provide a notice? Do I have to provide them with access to credit monitoring, ID monitoring? These were the days of the TJX incidents and Sony PlayStation right. incidents. And then you evolve to have a lot more retail and, and healthcare incidents and even sprinkled some FI like JP Morgan Chase, Heather Fugins. Right. Everyone was talking about data risk, but then the risk really shifted. It's not just about data. It's about anyone that uses technology to operate as a business and how that technology could be interrupted from a cyber attack and what your operational risk is in the event that that technology is interrupted. And again, Mm. it could be a compromise of the information or the integrity of information. And we've seen that with the not pet yet cases where Merck and FedEx and eight large sophisticated U.S. global companies were impacted by that risk, which caused $3 billion plus in total losses, whether that be net income or equipment replacement costs or a business interruption and extra expense and all the other things that go into to evaluating the complete cyber risk of an organization. And now... More and more with with COVID and the point that you made about everyone's working remotely and and every CISO needed to quickly figure out how we were going to quickly and securely transition to a a work from home environment. And it had to be very quickly, too. I mean, a lot quicker than I think companies obviously wanted to. I mean, companies take years to make those transitions and all of a sudden they had to get it done in a week. Mm hmm. They want quickly, quicker than they wanted to, and quicker than they certainly planned for. And so, one in four CISOs after COVID has increased their cybersecurity spending. Right. So, even though companies are recognizing they have more cyber risk than ever, they're also recognizing they're less confident than ever in managing that actual cyber risk. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing a lot of 
business email com- business email compromises, phishing scams, ransomware attacks, Zoom bombing. Which, yeah, that's been a huge um, thing. People popping in right. your Zoom accounts. Yeah, or your Zoom meetings. Yeah, exactly. And so what we're seeing are, are basically a lot of different ways that attackers can get in. And the height of cyber attacks today is really centered around this concept of ransomware. And when individuals are coming in and holding your data and, and, and capturing that data and saying, I'll, get, I'll give it back to you if you pay me X amount, mm-hmm. right? that is compromising that, that third part of the triad that we talked about, which is the availability of that data. How much are you gonna pay to get regain access to your data? Or are you not going to pay and then you're going to have to recreate your data? Right. So I think because all organizations operate with technology and you need to increase your spend in technical advancement in order to continue succeeding within today's business environment, every time you do that, you're increasing your cyber risk. Mm. I never thought of it that way. That's very interesting. Yeah. That's it's very, not very interesting. It's the confidentiality of data, the availability and integrity, and it's the impact to your business operations in the event that your software, your technology can't perform, and therefore you can't carry out your contracts, or you can't service your clients, or you can't deliver product. Wow. So I know that you said that you, you've gone through some, some increased um, need to be able to really communicate that out to the clients, right? So. The big deal is how do you help people understand the risk? Because, I mean, we have so many things grabbing at us, especially right now. We've got, we have, we have so many different things either on the radio, on the TV, on Facebook, you know, all these different places, Instagram, you know, and you have so many things vying for your attention. Mm-hmm. How are you guys getting out the message that in today's day and age in our culture, corporately, as well as personally, how you guys can be able to help businesses and um, maybe agents be able to, to really show that to their, their clients? And how are you guys kind of getting that message out? Hello, loyal listeners. Hey, are you a local agent struggling to find markets for your client? Maybe you, maybe not. Look no further than Nation Brokerage Solutions. With over 200 carriers, their comprehensive options give you what you need for your customers' ever-changing needs. With NBS, as they say it in the cool world, you can confidently offer a wide range of options to better support your customers and grow your business, AK Agency. Don't settle for less. Do more with NBS. For more information about nationwide brokerage solutions, visit nbsbrokerage.com. Cast certified. So we really have deep dive conversations with our stakeholders. It's not just the risk manager that needs to be involved in this discussion anymore because the board is asking many more stakeholders than just the risk manager, what are we doing about our cyber risk and what's covered and what's not covered, what's our investment. And so it's becoming this like big issue. And every single time we see a cyber attack, we see it as a headline risk. So really the conversation needs to change to say, okay, you know, it's not just a risk management issue. It's not just an insurance issue. It's how do I understand my cyber risk? Do I understand my cyber risk? Do I know where my cyber risk actually resides and how much of it I have? Can I measure or quantify my cyber risk? And then once you understand where your cyber risk is, once you know how much of it you have, then we can figure out how to manage it and manage it with insurance, manage it with increased security investments, manage it through 
enhancing our incident response plans, making sure we know what access our vendors have to our systems. We can do all of that. So I'm not going to be a one-stop shop in terms of a broker, but I'm privileged to work at a company like Marsh that has all these resources internally so that all I need to do is bring a client in to understand, hey, do you have a grasp on your cyber risk or do you have a question on how to understand, measure, or manage that risk? And I can help in terms of specifically measuring and managing that risk. And there are deeper quantification tools that we have in our belt or our tool belt at Marsh that we can help clients basically answer all three of those questions so that they look good in front of their stakeholders, but they also look very good in front of the board. Absolutely. So then you guys also have some suggestions on how they can kind of help manage that, like as far as technology, as far as maybe uh, practices inside their businesses that they can make sure that they kind of increase their their security levels and make them safer. Is that correct? Correct. So I think that every company inherently understands that you can have an unlimited IT budget, but no matter what you do with IT, you're not 100% foolproof in terms of cyber. Because technology continues to evolve and innovate, right? So, when hackers are hackers are so innovative. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the whole point. They're hackers, right? I mean, they're going to go in some weird, crazy backdoor concept that you've never seen. Otherwise, they wouldn't be a hacker, right? Because they're hackers, right. right? Yeah. So, you know, of course, you know, like you talk about people that hold your data, you know, for ransom or somebody who comes on in and, and shuts down your systems or whatever. I mean, you never you never have a way to really know where that's coming from. So, you know, exactly. it's constantly having to try to make sure that you're mitigating the risk. Cause I don't know if there is, I'm assuming, and I don't think there is, I mean, I know, I'm, I know that this is true. There's no real way to get truly ahead of it because of the fact that a lot of it's so cutting edge. That's exactly right. But we can point them in the right direction. We can give them confidence in your retailer or your health organization or your manufacturer. Here are the top risk concerns for your industry class. Here's where we think peers in your industry are investing their dollars, whether that be technology or other innovative systems in order to succeed in the future. Here's what we think you should be thinking about in the next 12 months. If you're going to go ahead and start doing 3d printing or whatever it is, or integrating technology within fulfillment centers to, um, you know, have on-time delivery or first mile delivery for clients. And so we can talk to them about what is happening on a high level within their industry and risk. Then we can drill down in terms of the specific threat vectors we see for that industry and the security tools that we see perform for that industry. But there will always be a residual risk. And yes, if you invest more in security, maybe that residual risk decreases a bit, but it's up to the client to say, what do I want to do with that residual risk? Do I want to insure it? Do I want to not insure it? Do I think that on my balance sheet on any given day, I can absorb a million dollars in risk? or 2 million, or 5 right. million, or 5 million. Right. And if I do that, does that unlock additional capacity, cheaper coverage, more enhancements? And so that's where we come in. And then obviously we will negotiate a very crafted policy for that client to make sure that for their industry and for their risk, they're covered because it's very bespoke. You can't just buy a cyber insurance policy off the shelf and right. then they coverage. It's not gonna work that way. I mean, you're dealing with policies that still don't have single ret- highest retention language in their base form. You have to negotiate all of that. Right, right. Well, you know what? I love to hear your, just your excitement about it, too. I just think that's so cool because, I mean, it's just, I mean, there's, there's, 
insurance is exciting and it's interesting and it's constantly like a puzzle you're trying to put together all yes. the time. And I love that about insurance. And I love the fact that it's always like, if this, then that, but then you got to think about this over here. And it's, it's so dynamic and it's so alive. I don't know how to put that. You know, I mean, it's constantly changing. Our carriers are changing. Our, our needs to be able to present our, our clients are constantly changing the industry and our products are constantly changing all across the board. And it's just mm -hmm. such a cool puzzle to be able to put together. Do you, I, I love just your excitement and your, 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 I can just tell your love for this love space. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Where do you see you in this space? And oh, then, hold on, let me back up just a little bit. What has been, what is it? I got so many questions. What has been the thing that has made the biggest difference in your career coming down this road? Like if you, if you were you sitting at Temple, graduating, getting your first job in the insurance space, because you knew you wanted to follow the risk management profile, right? You knew you wanted to be able to go that direction. What do you feel like, what resource, what tool has made the most difference? Maybe the most mental um, uh, decision focus, maybe the thing that you did that you opened yourself up to. What has made the biggest difference in your career that you feel like has put you in the place that you've been at, that you've become and that you are in to still keep that fire alive in doing what it is that you do every day? That's actually that's a tough question. <laughs> Sorry, we've gotten completely off script. This is totally nothing we've talked about before. So but you know, I'm I'd not like really to... putting you on the spot. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. I, I have to break that out into two things. I don't think I could be where I am today unless I had my drive and passion to work hard and succeed in whatever I do. Right. But I think that what keeps me wanting to work hard and, and drive for that success is because this industry continues to change. And I can look on like, I can look in the Wall Street Journal, I can look in CNN, I can look and see the headlines, and it 100% pertains to everything I do. And so I knew the morning that we attacked Iran's general, and that Iran was saying that they were going to launch cyber attacks back at us, that I was going to get questions from clients on, is this covered? Is this not covered? Is it cyber terrorism? Is it war? Kyle, can you help us? And servicing a lot of large defense contractors, that's energizing to me, right? That's my job. It's, it makes me feel like we're completely connected um, with what is happening today in my job. So I love that factor. And the same thing goes for like, sometimes you see some of your clients as the headline risks of a large data breach or, or cyber event or business interruption. And you kind of get shocked for a little bit, but then you have to put on like the, the savior, um, a superwoman mode, you know, and you have yep. to kind of put them through that. Um, but in any case, I think the constant change and the ability to innovate in the space keeps me going. It's still a really young space. I'm only 30 and I'm in my position. I know I only got there by working extremely hard, but my point is that if I'm 30 and I've gotten this far within this space and it's been this successful and it's a growth product, like I have a lot of excitement for what's to come. And I know that oh, there's yeah. a lot of opportunity to change policy forms, to change the really world of cyber risk that we live in um, and to innovate within this industry. So you can put your name on like a, a tool or a product that will be used for years because you thought of it today and you had the buy-in from your company. 
that's also really, really exciting. So well, I know I'm, that you had you had mentioned in our in our last meeting, and I thought it was such a, a great way for you to put it, is that you know, if somebody wants to look at you and say, Oh, well, I've been in this industry longer, you're like, dude, this industry's only been around for like, you know, 15 years and I've been here for like 12, 13 of them. I mean, you know, or whatever. <laughs> I mean, you know, you can't, you can't, you know, there is no, there is nothing in your 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 genre within the insurance space of people who can sit around and go, well, I've been doing this for 46 years, little girl. You know, there's none of that. It's not even possible because it hasn't been around that long. And how inspirational. I mean, how just invigorating. I mean, I just think that's super cool. It's helped so much because like, I, look, at the end of the day, we're in the insurance industry. So you and I both know that this industry is sprinkled with people that do not look like us, right? And so it is, it, when you think about like going into these meetings for a split second, you're like, are they going to look at me a bit differently? But mm. going in there with a the confidence, knowing that they don't know any more about this product than I do. And this product was only created for the same amount of time that I was doing this, as well as there's so much change that's happened. Right. I've probably actually been in this space for longer than they have. They probably have yep. their position because they were head of another practice or in another line of business, but they haven't been doing this for the past 10 years, that gives me a lot of confidence from coming to the table. That gives me a lot of uh, surety that I know what I'm talking about. I always drive good results for clients and I have something to say that's valuable. And I think that's very important for any young woman coming into yes. this industry, let alone a young minority woman coming into this industry, because you always have that like little sense of, of self-doubt or, or, you know, are they going to the fear? Yeah. The self-doubt, the fear, the, the, the overanalyzation of whether or not this is, this is going to be good, you know, whether or not you can do it, whether or not this is your space. Right. But then you kick down the door and you kick butt and then you're good. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. So to other women who are starting in or in their insurance space and they're, they're really getting started and they're, they're finding that passion like you, I mean, I'm sure that, I can only imagine, well, I can't even imagine. I mean, I've been there when all of a sudden you realize you're sitting around with a nice libation, right? Which mine is almost gone. I'm sure you, you, you haven't even had any of yours, but I'm going to give you a moment to be able to take a little bit of yours. But I, I, I remember one time sitting around and somebody mentioned something and I was like, oh, but did it? And I went off on this whole like insurance thing. And I realized how in my mind, I was kind of like in that nerdy space, right? At the dinner party. And I remember thinking, wow, I'm like a real insurance person. To those people who are in that, in that space of loving and feeling passionate about wanting to share and wanting to get into this space and delve deeper into their career, whether or not it's with a large company like Marsh, whether or not it's with an agency, whether or not it's with a carrier, whether or not it's with anybody, anywhere, because the industry is huge. And if we think about it, it is the insurance industry as a whole is the backbone to our financial economy between the fact of all the business loans out there that would crumble if something would happen to our businesses. Um, same thing with our homes and our cars and our, our, our health and all of these different things. Our economy is really propped up by the insurance industry. And it's really funny how many people don't grow up saying, hey, I really want to be in the insurance space. But to somebody who's really discovering that passion and that knowledge and that joy, what what advice would you give them as they really reach out into their career and go on out there and really do what they really passionately love to do? Embrace it. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, 
literally, I think you said it all. I don't even think I need to add much to it. Look, I, I go through those times where I'm like, should I be doing this? Should I be doing something else? But then I realized I really love what I do. And yeah. I have the ability in, in my career, right? I have the ability now to give back in ways that I don't think that I had when I first started. And either financially or with time, but like, and then you have the ability in a leadership position to encourage that give back in your role as you move up the organization, right? If you can make it as a woman or a woman of color or person of color in the industry and drive change, that is what like really drives that passion because there's not a lot of us out there. So like, and on top of that, I'm super excited. I love that. I know that when I go into a client meeting, that I'm giving them the best that they could possibly get. And that excites me and that makes me feel good. I know that when I'm talking to a client about their cyber risk, there's no other person that they could talk to that's going to give them more information than me. So like that, again, like excites me and energizes me and, and motivates me to do more. But my success and, and my motivation to success within this industry, it's not just because I love what I'm doing, but I know that the more that I elevate my platform, the more that I can influence and drive change, and the more that I'm in a position to develop a culture that never forgets to give back. And I think that's really important um, for anyone in any industry is to make sure that whatever you get, you pay it forward. Mm, I love that. I love that. And it is super important to make sure we do pay it forward because we can't just get stuck in our own little space, you know, yeah. and, and that's what brings up the people behind us who can take that torch and, like you, you know, I'm sure that there are people that were like, oh, you know, I think they're really, really cool if there'd be some insurance around here that would maybe be able to take care of all this like technology stuff because who knows where that's going to go, right? And all of a sudden, there's this industry and you get the opportunity to come on in and take that torch and you get to be able to run with it. And who knows what in the world cyber insurance is going to be in 30, 40, 50 years, you know? And then, you know, 50 years when you're 80, you can sit around and look at the awesomeness of that industry that you were such a propelling force to be able to bring into that next generation and the people and the, and the, 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 the industries that it's going to protect. Cause who knows where, you know, computers and, and technology is not going anywhere. It's only getting bigger. Now we have Alexa. Now we have, you know, our cell phones are constantly on everything. Now we have all the, the pixels that track where you go, what you do, how you do it on the internet mm -hmm. and all these other things. And when you talk about the corporate risks and all that expense as well and all that process and then the risk involved with our clients and the risk involved with our businesses, all that's just going to exponentially increase. So mm -hmm. I am super excited that the cyber industry, the cyber insurance industry has you on their side because I just think you're too Aww. cool. <laughs> well, you know what? So here's the deal. I would love to have you on occasionally so we can talk about the industry, what's going on, you, your career, being a woman in that space, maybe the, the things that you juggle, the things that you, you, you succeed at, the things that you struggled with, the, the victories that you have. And the successes that you're able to really capsulate and be able to really embrace. And I think it'd be really cool to have you on occasionally as you go off your, throughout your career and we can, we can make a, a pile library of, of awesome <laughs> journeys that you go on and through cyber, through all of this. And I think that that would be awesome for all of our listeners to be able to hear. You got it. Anything for you. Oh, well, you're so sweet. And again, if you're in Dallas, look me up. If I'm up there, I promise you I will as well. Happy so we want to, we, 
We want to give a great shout out to our personal friend, Sean Mooney, who set us on up together. This is going to be our, our personal shout out. He'll probably like, uh, as soon as this comes out, he'll probably message me on Skype and say, hey, thanks for that. So um, he is awesome. He is amazing. And if anybody does have other amazing, powerful women in the insurance space with whom you want to be able to hear more about, with whom you want to be able to have us pick their brains, please go ahead and message me. This is a pile. I'm sorry. If people have questions for you and want to be able to pick your brain, how would people be able to pick your brain, connect with you? What venues are you comfortable with for people to be able to connect with you? You can message me on LinkedIn or send me an email. Um, I'm happy to provide you with my email if you want to post it with this, with the um, podcast today. Okay. Well, we'll put it down in the show notes, but always look up Pyle Patel, P-A-Y-A-L, and right. uh, Patel, P-A-T-E-L, uh, on LinkedIn in the cyber insurance space. So make sure you do look her on up and uh, pick her brain because she's phenomenal. And all of you women out there who are thinking about a career in insurance, that would be a great opportunity too for you to be able to think about cyber insurance, think about what you're going to do after maybe you graduate. And uh, myself and or Paul, I'm sure would be love to be able to inspire another generation of insurance guru women. So this, thank you so much for your time today, Paul. You have been amazing. You got it. No all right. Problem. Thank you. Everybody, make sure you do subscribe to the Power of Women in Insurance podcast. I am so excited to be here today. This has been amazing. And if you guys have any questions, reach out to me directly. All of our contact information is below in the show notes. Make sure you do subscribe to the show as well because we interview amazing, powerful women from all over the country in every single corner of the insurance industry. And we want to be able to hear your story too, as well as those of your, the people with whom inspire you. Thanks so much for attending today and we appreciate you guys. Everybody have a wonderful week.